that top down shit. Cruising on the motherfucking highway doing your goddamn thing. Ain't worried about a motherfucking soul. Just do you, baby. Retro player, player, and 64. Cruising USA Exotica, I need some votes. Hit the floors, cause I need that flower in this hoe. Nintendo Power with the power, you gon' run the show. Flow heavy on beats like a tampon. Shorty wasn't sucking dick while your man gone. Hit it once, now your ex wanna stand off. Hitting buck, hit the chug, Norris, now you're dead wrong. Retro player, player, and 64. Welcome everybody to Jeff versus the World. This is your boy Jeff, and this is episode number 11. And we are going into chapter two, Too Fast, Too Furious. Uh, on this ride again, it's my boy Shahid, and I will let him introduce himself and talk about all the good things that he do. What's going on, everybody? Today, we're going to continue our journey and talking about movies we actually enjoy, unlike a friend who did a live feed of a movie that he couldn't stand and was warned of to my friend Cameron Hawkins doing his dark Phoenix thread. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, we, we told him we told him it wasn't good, but, you know, some people need to touch that hot stove themselves. Fortunately, our stove is nice and cool, so we no burnt hands today. Yes. And the good thing about what I try to tell people, everybody always asks me. Why did you choose to do a Fast and Furious, you know, go back and do their movies? You know, I told him, you know, well, first of all, Hobbs and Shaw is about to come out, you know, in August. So I figured I'd go back and watch all the Fast and Furious movies. And these movies are fun. That's pretty much they did. They're fun movies. Um, you don't have to take anything too seriously. And I just enjoy them. So, you know, it, it really is what it is. I, I can tell I'm not the only one. The movie uh, budget was sixty seven. No, excuse me, seventy six million. Yes, made over two hundred million. So two hundred thirty six million dollars more than the original. I guess I'm not the only one. So yeah, I would say about you know one of the things about the Fast and Furious franchise is like each movie is kind of like a snapshot of you know like where culture is, especially this one. Because this is like a movie where this is like this screams early 2000, like the vibe of the movie, especially the cast in the movie. And like quick background, of course, the first one's a big success. You know, Paul Walker blows up. Vin Diesel blows up even bigger. They offered Vin Diesel twenty five million dollars to do this movie. And he said no, because he didn't like the script. In his words, paraphrasing, they did not follow the lessons of Francis Ford Coppola as far as building a story upon the previous story and expanding it. And yeah, he felt like the script did not meet his standards. In hindsight, he said he could have did a better job of having more patience and like make it better. But he chose to do triple X along with Rob Cohen and they went their way. And so John Singleton, Academy Award nominated, celebrated black director John Singleton, like previously off of Baby Boy, you know, string of hits and culturally relevant films, slides in, gives his own vibe. Now, what's interesting about that is that I found out that uh, Universal Studios had two different scripts, one with Vin Diesel and one without. So I wonder if during that time negotiations was going on and, you know, they, they say, hey, somebody make up an, another script, you know, without him. 
Well, they kind of had to have known, like, you know, dealing with Vin Diesel, that that could have been an option. Not just Vin Diesel, but Rob Cohen, too. And, you know, the first movie made a lot of money. Vin Diesel's a star. And it's like he might want to do his own thing. And it wasn't like Universal had issues with Vin Diesel because, you know, they did Triple X with him. They did the Riddick movies with him. So it was just more like he didn't want to do the Fast and Furious movies. They wanted him to do the Think about it, $25 million in 2003. That's a lot of money. $25 million is a lot of money now. That's like what The Rock <laughs> makes. That's what like kind of what The Rock makes now in like 2019. So, and he was like, I will say he stuck to his, one thing about Vin Diesel is he's a very principled man and he has extreme confidence in himself and his vision, like similar to Sylvester Stallone. Um, but I will say about, you know, this is, it shows that, you know, as much as people think of Fast and Furious, like Vin Diesel's thing, Paul Walker is like an equally important part. And before we get into, I would say, you know, watching it, cause like we talked about, like I hadn't watched, I, I watched bits and pieces and I hadn't watched it like from beginning to end until last year and watch, I'm like, it's amazing how different his character like how he carries himself from part one to this one like he just feels natural in this one if that makes sense okay i get what you're saying but in the first the opening the opening race uh i felt like that was supposed to be dominic just everything about it gave the vibe of oh okay this was maybe the script where dominic was in and then they went just went with the script that was just paul walker if that makes any sense, what I'm saying, yeah, I, I I don't know. It just felt like it wasn't exactly him, him racing, him winning races because he was the Dominic in Miami. Up for like for like five minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like after yeah. that, after the open, then it was like, okay, this is Paul Walker's movie. But it gave the vibe of, okay, we know you're not in this movie, but we got this guy, and he can do exactly what you can do. Hmm. Which is funny, just thinking about that, because it's kind of like he—they're just two different, two different people that just carry themselves two different ways. Like Paul Walker has a lightness to him that Vin Diesel doesn't have, and I will say, when I say like I feel, it's funny saying how natural Paul Walker is in this movie, because he's saying a lot of lines that if it was somebody <laughs> else would not fly at all. Like, and I forgot how quote unquote street e sounds in this movie <laughs> so we saw that clip on twitter <laughs> yeah uh yeah i'll just say that i'll but i did also see that um john singleton gave them the freedom to uh you know just go off the riff I mean, it was it was obviously like the thing about John Singleton is he'll give his actors like, you know, wiggle room. And it was obviously chemistry between Paul Walker and Tyrese, you know, Tyrese that wasn't really known for action moves at that time. He's coming off a baby boy. You know, that's how him and John Singleton know each other. And it's like that's the one thing that stood out watching this movie that way more than the first one. They had a lot of chemistry together. Amazing chemistry together. And. What I was thinking or what I was seeing watching this, and I understand with each movie, you know, it was a different director or, you know, somebody came in and different writers. It feels like looking at it now, shouldn't Brian's character be closer to Roman's character? 
Yeah, I mean, it's, but you can't do it because Brian's the lead. And that's why. But it's kind of like how Roman's character in this movie, especially, it's such a jar, it's like a, such a jarring change if you watch Fast Five. And you hadn't like if you hadn't seen Too Fast and Furious, like okay, it's Tyre. But then it's like okay, Tyrese, you know, funny man, Tyrese cracking jokes. That seems natural. Like if you saw Four Brothers or anything like that, mm-hmm. you wouldn't be that surprised. But if you saw Too Fast and Furious, and then you saw this one, I mean, then you saw Fast Five, you'd be wondering like, what happened? Because yeah. it's uh, it's an abrupt, it's like a real abrupt change as far as like his character goes. And I think it's kind of like you know. I don't think he could have been the same Roman Pierce in the same room with Dominic Toretto. And I think that's more like a script thing. And, and you know, that now that you say that, that makes perfect sense. It's more like, you know, where this is Vin Diesel, you know, it, it's, you know, it's his baby. It's his thing. It's his, no, you know, you got to play the backfield. But now, I mean, just thinking about it now and seeing the movies, I'm just like, yeah, their, their relationship, it didn't have to overshadow you know, with Dominic and, and Brian had, but you thought it would just have been a little more there because it, it just basically went with him and, you know, uh, uh, Tash. It went with those two more. Then it, went, it was like Brian just kind of like, yeah, we, we cool. It, I don't know. It just, it just feels it feels weird now watching those movies, the older movies now and seeing this is like, OK, yeah, it was a shift. Yeah, I think that's more because, like, you know, Vin Diesel's carries such a big like, you know, uh, clips over everything and it's something before we get into the movie it's something that i've thought about and especially with these movies when you notice with like action movies that like genre movies when it's like more than one person it's either two four or an ensemble three is like a hard number to do and most movies don't like really do it well you know you think of star wars like the Avengers to a certain you know certain extent it's like you know if you have like three like main stars because it's kind of like it's something about the number three where everyone has to eat it's easy to do it with two and when it's four everyone tends to be equal it's like one that stands above it three is always like this push and pull and one thing I noticed with the Fast and Furious movies is once and it started with like Fast Five because the first four it was always like two main ones and then you know stuff around it Fast Five, when they introduced kind of The Rock, and even then it's kind of it was different when he was a villain, so it still had to breathe. Because Fast Six, Paul Walker gets sidetracked. Mm-hmm. Furious Seven, The Rock gets sidetracked. And by the time you get to the fate of the Furious, unfortunately, Paul Walker isn't there anymore, and it's noticeable. And it's kind of like that whole that goes back to like Too Fast, Too Furious. It's kind of like you got Roman and Brian that's really like they have like you can tell watching the movie where you could believe like they've been they were friends back in the day it was some bitterness there because of what had, what went down but they're still friends and that whole vibe was throughout the movie but once you add Dominic back in there I mean you could have had I think it's more of a fact where if Tyrese was a bigger star maybe it they would have gave him more weight but since he's there with Paul Walker and Vin Diesel and not even thinking about the rock, it's kind of like, you know, we can't have too many cooks in the kitchen. And like Vin Diesel always being that guy that's, you know, with the chef's pot is going to control who's cooking. And he's not going to he, he doesn't seem like the type that's going to share the spotlight with like too many people. I mean, I guess it played. I guess I guess it works out now. I guess it works out the way they have it or the way they're 
going about it because now you have to think about it too. And this is going way past this. Now you have to add John Cena. He's going to be a, somebody new joining the cast. And I'm just wondering, are they going to have him? I think the Bumblebee John Cena, that, you know, action but can get the comedy off, I think that will work. But will it, will it affect what Tyrese does? Oh, you know what I'm saying? Will it affect what – or will they just share it? Because that's another – you know, they, they play almost – yeah. I just wonder what he's going to be in the, you know, what's what's his role going to be in the cast? I guess, well, well, you know, that's far down the road. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. So, like, this movie, right, like, Too Fast, Too Furious, when I said, like, mentioned 2003, not just the fact where they offered Vin Diesel a lot of money, they offered Ja Rule half a million dollars to come back for this movie. Yes. But, by then, but by then, Ja Rule was like, I'm Ja Rule, I run rap music. It's before 50 Cent came and knocked them off the throne, so to speak. So he's like, they ain't enough. So John Singleton calls Ludacris and, you know, now, story speaks for itself. Now, the funny thing is, now, I, uh, what I've read and found out is that he's, Ja Rule is saying now he wanted the role as Roman Pierce. And when he, he didn't get it, he bounced. That's his side of the story. I mean, I, I mean, I could believe that to a certain extent. But then we're talking about Ja Rule. So, like, how how trustworthy is the word of Ja Rule? Yeah. We saw, we saw yeah. Firefest, so we know about all of that. Yeah. But, I mean, I can see the honesty there to that because it's kind of like Ja Rule. Contra- you know, it might be hard to think about that in 2019. But, yeah, Ja Rule was a big deal. He's especially a big deal then. So I can see him being like, you know, I want to be a co-star. I'm not trying to be a sidekick, even though it's like $500,000. But it's kind of like sometimes you got to think long term. And a lot of people had too much dip on the chip in 2003. Yeah, I guess. Anyway, the movie starts off. Uh, we are somewhere uh, getting ready for a race. Um, and Ludacris is getting a group of people together for a race. They need a fourth. Uh, I guess their fourth couldn't make it. So he's asked everybody, is okay if I call whoever want to call for the uh, race? And they were like, cool, whatever. And it's Brian. And I guess at this point, he's been on the run or he's been ducking LAPD from letting Dominic go. Okay. Yeah. I I was wondering about that. So he lets Dominic Toretto go. He runs from LAPD and goes to Miami. <laughs> and no one, like, Really? <laughs> it wasn't like he was just a criminal. He was a former police officer, like in a high profile chase, working with the FBI. And he just like leaves LAPD, goes to Miami doing undercover street races. I know it was like 2003, but it's like that seemed like that was kind of easy. You know, and I, I meant to ask this question last week. I had it written down and never asked for all these street racers. Did, where are they getting all this money to race? I'm winning races. Either running race, they got to be doing some dirt or something. Because let's be I mean, clear, from I mean, you figure like if you're not winning, you're not gonna be street racing for long. So I'm figuring the people who are there, like, are there because you know they had some level of success. I mean, you know, everyone got a side hustle, side job, but it's kind of like the money seemed like they're in the street racing. And then like, look at the four racers, you know, beside Paul Walker. Got Michael Ely himself. Shout out. You know, the Caramel <laughs> Wonder, Amari Nolasco from Prison Break, and Devin Aoki, who seemed like for like a good three or four years was in everything. Everything. And, she, and then she just vanished. Like she went to be in everything to like 
she's the person where she get cast for something then dropped out and get replaced because that kind of ha- that started to happen like recently but it was like between this sin city and debs and everything else she was just like she was that she was that it girl yeah uh so they have the race uh of course brian wins but um he is and which was i didn't okay niggas i'm checking it Eva Mendez being in this movie is fantastic. I, I love that. Uh, that was some great casting. But when she was at the race and saw Brian, did he really, did he have an idea of who she was? Or he was just really like, yo, this girl is checking me out. I had to go talk to her. He kind of had to know because it's like she didn't seem like the type that's like, you know, she didn't seem like the type to be in that type of atmosphere. She didn't seem like, you know, I'm a racer girl, I'm a racer group because it's like she seemed too classy. And it's funny you jump to Eva Mendez. <laughs> Whatever actress can say, they played the love interest of Denzel twice, Will Smith, and Mike Epps. Yeah, you not even think about all that. That is. <laughs> yeah, like Eva Mendez was basically like, you know, when you had a movie with a black male actor and you wanted them to have a love interest that wasn't black, but you didn't want them to have be with a white woman that caused problems, you called Eva Mendez because that seemed to happen a lot during that time frame, too. Yeah, she was, or the 2000s, she was getting them checks. Um, so, yeah, we had the race, and like I said, Brian, Brian wins the race. Basically, the cops come and chase everybody away, but Brian gets caught by uh, my man uh, James Remar. Re- What's his name? Remar. James Remar. Yeah. Put uh, respect on Ray in his name. <laughs> Ray number two. What was his name? The Quest. That John uh, Jean Claude. Oh, the Maxi Divide. <laughs> yes, Maxi Divide, boxing champion of America. <laughs> yeah. So Maxi Divide pulled up on him. They take him downtown and, you know, they tell him, oh, we know who you are, or whatever. Uh, his old uh, uh, cop buddy comes, uh, not buddy, but I guess his sergeant or whatever, whatever it was, Bilkins, mm-hmm. comes in, basically tells him, hey, if you help us do this, we will uh, take down this drug guy. We will, uh, you know, erase everything. And he says he needs, you could take one of the regular, uh, I guess, uh, what was he? Uh, whatever cop. Brian asks him a, a question. Basically, about what do you think you need for a car? But he, the guy's sipping out of a cup, <laughs> so he just says the name on the cup, and the guy was like, "Oh yeah, whatever, whatever." He was like, "No, I can't do this. I didn't know a pizza place had sold whatever." So anyway, during that time, he told him, "Hey, if I'm gonna do this, I got to get my own guy." And before we get there, to get before we get there, my thing about this is, and I think I heard you say this one time before this movie started off with them just getting drug guys or it's well basically let me take that back it started off with tvs and vcrs lifting then we went to a drug and now look at what at point we're at now saving the damn mm-hmm. world yes that's insane so this one is of course we started delving in drugs with argentinian drug lord carter carter because they like rolling that r Played by Cole Hauser, as I like to call him, Great Values, Patrick Wilson. Let me ask you a question about him. Is it that when they can't get the villain, they're a villain, they go to him? Because I swear every movie I see him in, he's the villain. He's a No, he was a star back then. Because think about it. He was the villain. Like, he has this good face where he's like not 
leading man, but close enough. But he's got like an edge where it's like, you know, you can't trust him. Like it's something about him. Because this movie, Pitch Black, The Cave, like he was, he was like either like, you know, main villain one or main villain two and like a lot of movies back then. He showed up in a Tyler Perry movie, Family of Free, you know. That's he whoring out Sanaa Lathan behind poor Rockman Dunbar's back. I just, I've never trusted him since higher learning. So <laughs> he played that role too well, and I was like, "Nah, I don't trust this guy." So every time yeah, I see him, I'll that's play. some another reason why he was in the movie, you know, John Singleton. So, but it's just funny seeing this guy play an Argentinian, like you know, drug lord, basically like you know, metrosexual Scarface. <laughs> and he he does have some funny line. We'll get to him, but that's basically the plan, you know. It's the FBI and customs get this guy, we we'll get your immunity back, and he's like that. So he's like, I gotta get an old friend. So all of a sudden they travel to Barstow, California, and you just see like destruction derby going on. I'm like, have you ever been to one of those one of those shows? No, me neither. It looks fun, but it's like the type of thing I would pay to see, though. Yeah, I stick to TV because it was that that looked crazy. Um, yeah, like you say, uh, they meet up finally. You know, uh, Brian is confronting <laughs> Roman. Or either trying to get his attention and Roman's walking away, I think, because he realized who it is calling his name. Then he calls him, uh, what did he call him? He called him Roman or Romy? He called him something. And he's the only my friends call me that. Based on the long story short, they end up fighting. They get it out or whatever. And he tells him about the deal, which would, you know, clear his record as well, too, if we help these cops or whatever. So at this point, he's pretty much down, but he's a little lurry because he does not like cops. And. I noticed around this time, especially when they get, I guess, to the precinct or to their little hideout where they're going to be doing everything at, you can really tell that I just felt that this movie, as far as for Tyrese, he, it was kind of his, I'm not going to say breakout, but the the comic, the, the, the comic timing, uh, just his delivery and everything he did was just so good. And I was just like, damn, Tyrese is really doing it in this movie. Yeah, Tyrese was like, I'm well, hey, this is my chance. I'm gonna show people what I can do. Cause like Tyrese didn't have a lot of experience as like an actor, like a leading man. Like he was in Baby Boy and he was great in that, but it's kind of like, you know, what can like how well rounded are you? Cause like people knew Tyrese, like I'm Tyrese the singer, not Tyrese the actor at that point. And he like he said, I'm hungry. He was he was hungry and he was munching as much scenery as he got, but not in a way where it was kind of like overbearing. Just a part where it's like you never took your eyes off of him, like and it wasn't aggravating. Like later, Tyrese can be aggravating at times because like too much. But this was like the perfect edge where he had jokes, he was funny, but he had like an air like being dangerous. Because you weren't sure, like, is, will he, is he going to try like turn on Brian at the end? So you always like kept your eye on him during the movie. It's like, uh, yeah, let me watch him just in case. Yeah, like one of the scenes I always remember when they always show like TV previews is when he takes his shirt off and he's all ripped and he wraps he wraps his shirt around his hand to punch the car window. And they always show that when they had previews for Too Fast Too Furious because you see that it's like, like who's this guy? Like, like this guy, like he's just seen like a loose wire, a loose cannon. But him and Brian just got along. Like, you could believe they were friends. Yeah, you can. And, and if I hadn't seen the movie, I would have never believed Paul Walker and Tyrese would be friends. Yeah. That, that, and it, it just comes off so well on TV or on your TV. Uh, so 
we're meeting them at this point now. They're meeting up with Eva Mendez and another group of uh, drivers because now, um, uh, what's his name? Your Argentinian uh, oh, villain. Carter Verone <laughs> hires them to get a package. Carter Verone. He, he, no. He's setting it up so to see who's going to go get this package, basically, from his, uh, was it a Porsche? Was it a red it was, Porsche or something? It's a Porsche Lamborghini. Yeah, it was either a Porsche Lamborghini. To get this package out of there, so all of them have to race to this Porsche and get it. So they're on the highway, and everybody just is free for all. They're going for it. Basically, uh, Brian and Roman get to it first. Uh, bring it back to him, and when they bring it back back to him, this is where we get to the "I'm hungry, you got any food?" Wait, no, he says he says "I'm hungry, you got any food up in the place," and you can tell that your man's really not feeling Roman, but mm-hmm. it, right, he's just like, okay, you know, send him by the pool or whatever. Yeah, and then the package tend to be cigars that he had in his own car and his own lot. He's like, you know, you really thinking that you're going to keep my car? I just want to see what you got. And then little Tyrese pickpocketed him or something like that. Yeah, he took the um he took his cutter when he uh, got up yeah, to leave. He took a and he like you know don't do you want to know you ever touch me? <laughs> and I'm just <laughs> laughing because it's like at first you just think like this guy's just a clown. Like later on he shows that he's dangerous. But at first it's like I'm watching this movie like who is this fake Scarface? Like he like one is Cole Hauser. He's not Latin. I know he's not Latin. I know everybody from Argentina is not Latin either, so you can kind of like get away with that. But I'm just watching this like, this is the tough guy. Like he just seemed like all Weasley pretend to be tough. And I just always laugh at that. Cause that whole thing, you know, you send him out there to get cigarettes, to get cigars and a lighter, just as a test. And they like, we we put ourselves in danger off of this. It's kind of like, you know, I'm powerful enough, I get to do what I want, and you hungry enough that you're gonna do it anyway. And this is where uh, afterwards, you know, uh, no, I think before Roman is like, um, we want a hundred thousand a piece. And he said, I told you we hungry. Uh, so I guess he agrees or he agrees with it, but kind of reluctantly. And also after they leave, he has his two hench guys basically watching them and mm-hmm. uh, on the low. <laughs> and Tyrese, this, this is my one of my favorite parts. He comes up, he pops up up the car. It's like that would be clean your windows. Starts cleaning the windows, you know, spraying it down with uh the Windex, and they just lighten the lighten the window on fire. I mean, of course, it's like you these two shady characters. You know, criminals can't trust other criminals. They don't know the criminals. So that's always there in that movie. I feel like we talked all this time. If we got to talk enough about a certain character, Ludicrous. Tedge. <laughs> okay. Now, the first time you see Tedge, you see the hair, like you see his outfit, and you see his hair. Like this, so this is like Afro era Ludicrous. When like Ludicrous is like up and coming, like, you know, he's this a is- star, but not a superstar yet. But he's kind of like on his way. This and it's is- kind of like helped. This is right after move move, bitch. This is somewhere around when that 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 was really hot. I know that much. Yes. So you see him and it's like, I just know women, especially white women in college love ludicrous. They, it was, it was just something about him. It was kind of like, you know, like this, he had the same kind of vibe that like Alan Iverson had back then. Cause I remember like people, like if Facebook was around back then, people would have a lot of pictures on like, their, like a lot of MySpace pictures of ludicrous would be in their background. To put it that way, so 
He's the, you know, and he was so much into his character, like he was walking with a limp. So I guess the story was he wasn't racing anymore because he got in an accident and hurt his leg. So he was just organizing racing. And it's just funny seeing him, like, you know, he's smooth talking. He's, you know, swaggered like that. And he busy kind of like half semi chasing Devin Oka the whole time. Like he flirting with her. And you don't know if she's like really into, like at first you're thinking she just wasting his time, but then she give enough to like, she really likes him and stuff. And it's like that whole vibe that's going on almost like its own separate movie. Like it's stuff that's happening in the movie that's not like related to the main story. It's kind of like, that's what I like about like, you know, people have their own life. They're just not waiting for, you know, Roman and Brian to do stuff. Yeah. We can, oh, and we can't, we, we cannot forget MC Jen. <laughs> Mr. Uh, Mr. BET himself. Yes, Mr. BET himself is just waxing people day after day, week after week, and it's kind of like you watch this movie now, like who's this Asian guy with Ludacris, and like why is he in a movie? And it's like, yeah, he was rocking a Rough Rider chain at one time. He was a he was a thing, and it's like that's why I say this is like a 2003 movie because it's like stuff that happened in 2003, and it will only happen in 2003. Oh yes, because wow, I, and I, I forgot he was even like I forgot he was even in the movie. Because when I saw him, I said, "Oh my god, it's MCG." <laughs> I was like, "What's going on?" I forgot about him. Yeah, like this movie more than the first one. Like we talked about how the first one was diverse. This one like seemed like it's even more diverse than the first one, and it had like a more urban edge. Which of course, because like it's John Singleton, it's Miami, it's two thousand three. So it's like, yeah, this felt like I always say this is like you know. Take Fast and Furious, make it blacker. And like I said, and like I think we said last week, they didn't they didn't have to beat you over the head with it. It was like there. It didn't need any explanation. It didn't need anybody saying, "Oh, this or that," or you know. It was just like, okay, yeah, I'm with it. I'm, I mean, you see the movie is like you know, you see Paul Walker and basically everybody else because you got Tyrese and Ludacris and Ava Mendez and Devin Aoki. It's kind of like you just got color up and down the roster. And it's like, of course, it makes sense. It's Miami. Miami is diverse. It's street racing. Street racing is diverse. But they don't have to, like like you said, they don't have to hit you over the head with it. It's just stuff going on. And it's where, where he – it's something about Paul Walker in general where it's like it doesn't matter what environment he's in. He just fits, even when he shouldn't fit. Like, like he just feel like, like I never felt like he didn't belong. Like when he was in Miami, and maybe part is like, you know, what's the line? Because they talk about, you know, what's going on, and like he's asked, Roman's asked him, and he said, forget about it. He asked him, he's like, what do you say? <laughs> forget about it, cuz. <laughs> and I forgot that line was in the movie, and he don't say cuz, he, he just cuz. says cuz. <laughs> and it, and it's funny where if sounds way more natural than it has any right to be. It doesn't sound cringeworthy like you know how some white actors try to be down and it just comes off as corny. It just sounds natural and it's like that don't seem like you wouldn't think Paul Walker could pull that off and it's like the whole movie he's like that. Like he's busting out slang where it's like okay I'm with my boy Roman. We grew up this way so I feel comfortable. I don't have to use my work voice. It's funny Okay, I think I had. I think I explained to my wife. It's funny, Brian O'Connor saying it. Paul mm-hmm. Walker. It sounds like something that Paul Walker would say, like maybe Offset, or you know, around you know his friends or you know people that he hangs out with. It, but Brian O'Connor, because when you look at the the traction of his character, this I think would be the only movie 
that you would feel like he would say that in, I guess. Yeah, because he wouldn't because it's kind of like he wouldn't say it. This is where he's with his friend, his old friend, like childhood friend, person you probably feel more comfortable with in like his environment because they don't say how long he's been in Miami. He's been down there long enough where Tej trusts him. So he's been down there, like, have his own crew and do these street races. So, it's like, obviously, they feel comfortable with him. They're not going to feel comfortable with anybody because they don't know the stranger or his backstory, anything like that. So, it's, it's watching this movie, I wonder, I don't know if you could have Vin Diesel in this. Exactly. I was like, and that's what I was going to get to at the end. This movie didn't need him. Like, it didn't need him at all. But I don't think... Then they were like, okay, we don't know if this movie is going to hit or miss without him. Because I'm guessing the only way it goes wrong, like, you know, he takes Roman's spot and what he goes to Miami, Brian chases him. And it's kind of like y'all work together to take down Carter Verone. And if you do it, y'all both get your immune, like you get your job back, you get your immunity back. But then even it's kind of like, you know. We're taking Dom away from Letty and everybody else and just shut them in Miami with Brian. It's kind of like, what, 48 hours? Like, yeah. like lethal. It just feels like the vibe just feels different because I feel like, you know, it's funny saying it now, like, because Dom been all over the world. But like back then, it felt like, you know, him not being in Los Angeles with his crew just would have felt off. Yeah, I think that. um I think that it worked out for the best because even like I said, like let's just say, okay, Ja Rule was Tash. <laughs> let's just say, you know, it wouldn't. I don't think the movie would be the same. It, it may, you know, it may still be a big thing. All the movies would have still probably made a lot of money, but the movie would feel a lot different. It's just small things that like everything just everything that happened happened for a reason, good or bad, and it just seemed like everything worked out movie-wise, for the exception of the one when, the you know, Vin Diesel, Vin Diesel and The Rock were beefing. Yeah, it's kind of like a lot of little things work together to create a few big things, and yeah, you know, you switch out Ludacris for Ja Rule, it's there, but Ja Rule doesn't have to act in the Billy Christmas Ludacris. So, that's, that's the thing, like, you know, and Paul Walker and Vin Diesel didn't have that type of chemistry that Paul Walker and Tyrese have. So that one, it felt the same. Like, it's funny rewatching this movie, kind of like, I had like a dim view because I just always thought maybe, I didn't see it in the movie theater. I remember when it came out, I remember people making fun of the, of the name of the movie because like Too Fast and Furious, that seems silly, even for the <laughs> Fast and Furious franchise. And then I remember the soundtrack. Like, we didn't talk enough about it, the first one. Fast and Furious has great soundtracks and it's always like eclectic soundtracks of like, you know, basically urban music from wherever. And this one I remember, you know, Trick Daddy, Buster Rhymes, I think was on this, Ludacris was on it. Like it was kind of like, you know, two, who was hot in 2003 mm-hmm. was basically going to be on this soundtrack. So you have like you just have all of that going on. But I remember like when it came out, I didn't really pay attention to it because I like Snow, Vin Diesel, the name seems silly, Tyrese. And then the other ones came out, so I never went back to watch it. And then I catch bits and pieces, like I catch the beginning, I catch a scene in the middle, and then the end, of course. And then I like, let me just watch it and see how how it holds up. And then I was like, this holds up. You know, like it's definitely dated because of the time frame, but like this holds up. Cause then, like, but of course, like John Singleton directed this. 
John, like it wasn't like some slouch. Like, sorry, Rob Cohen, you ain't John Singleton. Like, John Singleton is a better director than Rob Cohen is. So, I shouldn't be that surprised that it, you know, held up as well as it did. And you know, even Vin Diesel wasn't in there. It was a hungry Tyrese. Like, I'm trying to get an All Star game, Tyrese. I'm not coasting, Tyrese. And it's a Paul Walker trying to prove himself because the movie before this, he was in timeline and that bombed. So it wasn't like Paul Walker could be this whole. I could turn down whatever because my my career going great. It's like your career was going. He didn't have the upward tra- trajectory on that time that Vin Diesel had. So I think it's like a lot of hungry people trying to prove themselves. And I think in hindsight, the movie is looked at better than it did when it first came out. Yeah, I think so too. And I think again, it's that it's that for Paul Walker, I think it's that freedom of you know, let me put my spin or let me help, you know, let me help with my character. Because I think I saw another movie, I can't remember what it's called, but he was really good in it. And I think I've, um, remember listening to the, uh, you know, the DVD commentaries and basically they were like, you know, him and the director really came together and it was more of a joint effort in the character. And I was like, oh, you know, I can't think of the name. When I think of the name, I'll, I'll tell you, you know, but I thought the movie was pretty good for what it was. But yeah, I just think Paul Walker is just one of those. I don't know. White he Keanu Reeves. Yeah, I think I think his because I remember um I remember maybe a year yeah it had to be a year ago when I think I was messing with I think I was messing with you. I said yeah Keanu Reeves, you know his some of his movies don't hit and now I'm just like I had to re back go re go back and watch some of his old movies and I'm just like you know I was wrong because it's not even the whole John Wick thing. It's just going back and seeing like his upward trajectory from Bill and Ted to where he is now. Yeah. I always tell people about Keanu Reeves because people always say, well, he's wooden. He doesn't have range. He's not really good actor. He could just do like action stuff. I'm like, who else can do Bill and Ted romantic comedies, The Matrix and John Wick? Like which actor can do action, comedy and romance? Because yeah. like Imagine The Rock doing The Lake House. No. <laughs> no. I mean, like, the, and The Rock has range, but you couldn't think, like, The Rock doing a romantic movie because it just wouldn't seem like he's just too big. It's kind of like, it's not a lot of people that can do that. And the only other people is kind of like, you know, like somebody, I was reading an article, like, Harrison Ford and Denzel can do all three. And Denzel doesn't even do comedy anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Like, you know, we kind of, like, look at that. It's like, Paul Walker's thing was people always looked at him as a pretty boy. And he was like this real handsome guy. So when you're that handsome, both men and women, you just you get discounted for acting ability. Yeah, just like, assume, like coasting on like looks like Richard Gere had that problem. I was like when I call it a man, I call it like Richard Gere syndrome. Brad Pitt had that problem. So he start playing weirdos. And I think you see Paul Walker's like this is the quote unquote all American guy. So I'm expecting him to be a movie star. I don't know how good an actor would be. I won't say Paul Walker's a great actor, but the stuff I've seen, like whatever roles he plays, he's enjoyable in those roles. Whether he's a good guy or bad guy or like, you know, because, you know, he's he can be an asshole because it's easy. He looks, you know, he looks the way he looks. I remember him in Takers. Yeah, yeah. And think of that cast and like it's Idris Elba, T.I., Chris Brown. Like, think about a movie with T.I., Chris Brown, and Michael Ealy. That's like the light skin Hall of Fame. 
all this. You got Matt Dillon there chewing scenery. And you know the person I remember the most? Paul Walker. Paul Walker. Yeah. Because he was just Mr. Smooth Cool Man. He was even cooler than um Hayden, like Anakin Skywalker himself trying to be super cool white boy. So it's kind of like, you know, I, Paul Walker will, he'll never get blown off the screen by somebody. No, he can hold his own. Because I was, I doubt that, that movie right there made me impressed because I was like, man, you know, he's there with Idris Elba. And Idris Elba wasn't even a Idris Elba who we know now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, let's see where we're in the movie. So the main, what was the main? Okay. I always wonder about the main, we all talk about the plot. So Carter Verone's plan was he's laundering all this money and then he's going to fly away and go and leave. It's mm-hmm. like that whole thing. Like, you know, okay, the heat's on time to go. And it's like, you know, can Brian Roman and Monica get there in time? And the first time you realize that Carter Verone maybe is not like a joke is when he's torturing that cop that works for him. Yeah, at the bar, another club at his club, and this is where he sees that Brian is kind of feeling his woman, and she kind of feeling him back. But the question mm-hmm. is, why didn't why didn't they hook up? Why why didn't they go there? Why like they kind of teased it, but they just didn't go all the way with it. Maybe they felt like you know, I don't know. Maybe it's because like is is it cheating on Mia, even though she's not there. Like, it's weird because you have a Fast and Furious movie and it's like the rest of them kind of like out of sight, but they're not out of mind. Okay, this is the funny thing. Two reviews or two write-ups of the movie says Mia breaks up with Brian. That's what they're saying. They're saying she Mm -hmm. broke up with him. So, you know, he's on Miami. I mean, yeah, that makes sense because like, you know. You saw how the first one ends, and you see how part four starts. It's like, you know, yeah, but still, it's kind of like, I think it's just a, I don't know, because it's kind of like, I didn't really feel the chemistry with him and Evan Mendes. Like, they two beautiful people that look beautiful together, but it wasn't like this hot, fiery passion, like this vibe. Like, it was more chemistry with, like, Paul Walker and Tyrese, honestly. Than, okay. Like, even Mendes was kind of like, you know, I don't want to say damsel in distress, flight. Like, she was like a third wheel. But, like, she was there, like, you know, because Tyrese half the movie's like getting mad, like, you know, this woman got you open, <laughs> so we're getting money. Like, what you, like, what are you doing? Like, he do the whole drive where he's driving and looking at her and not looking at the road, and then they get to the stoplight, and Tyrese shows up like, oh, he must have did that move where he look at you, it's not the road, huh? I taught him that. But it, but it, then when she comes in and tell them, you know, he's going to kill you once you uh, pick up the money and get the money for him. And then they kiss. I'm just like, where the hell did that come from? You know, hey, <laughs> so, like she probably had a soft spot for him. But it was like, you know, that happens. But anyway, he's torsion. So he takes a metal. He puts a metal bucket covering rats and was like a blowtorch. Yeah. And it's like, you know, the rats start getting hot. They're going to try to get out the bucket. They're going to start chewing. And this cop is Mark Boone Jr., who was like a crooked cop in Batman Begins and was like the voice of reason for a long time in Sons of Anarchy. So <laughs> I remember him from Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. Then I forgot he was Batman Begins. So I remember him for those two. So when I watched this, and so I'm like, oh, okay. Somebody with that face is like, no, I can see him being a corrupt cop. So it's kind of like, you know, I need you to give me a window so my boys can get my money. And if you don't, I'm going to have rats eat you. And even now watching that scene, I'm like, that's a, that's a creepy scene. Because, like, just shoot me. 
don't be having no rats eat my stomach. Just shoot, shoot me in the knees or something. Yeah, I don't know what type of disease is though. Where does a rat been? Uh, yeah. So after what happens after then? Uh, yeah, this is when the whole boat thing happens because he's on to them and basically he tells oh, he tells no, before the boat. So they call basically try to get Brian and Roman arrested. And then Tyrese, and then they have this whole plan with Tedge. And it's like, you know, they're there at the warehouse. And then they have a scramble, like 45 cars just come out of nowhere. And it's um, like, that's that's one of the first things where, like, Fast and Furious can be ridiculous. Because, like, the first one, it's funny, Fast and Furious had this reputation of, like, being these wild stunts. First one was kind of tame beside, like, the race at the end and, like, a few things. This one is, like, you know, you had a few... You had a few races, and this one was like you just had fifty cars coming out of nowhere, like trying, like finding a needle in a stack of needles. And you know the funny thing about this is, this is the second time we see Michael Ely, so he had to come back on set for another day, <laughs> another payday. Uh, yeah, so they do the whole scrambling thing, I guess, and also too because I think the cops thought they were gonna run. Uh, Maxi Divine, mm-hmm. Maxi Divine was saying, you know, they're gonna run, they're gonna run. So. Uh, they were just trying to keep their eyes on uh, Brian and Roman, but you really couldn't do all that madness. But they, and, uh, they, and they switched cars anyway. Yeah, they switched cars and they they switched cars into muscle cars, which they beat out two other guys. I think that night before, or maybe they didn't really the night, say. It. Is he the night before? Or two nights before? Yeah, they had, uh that was their whole little racing thing with the Nas and all that stuff, but. Yeah, Nas, the whole Nas thing, I, I was over it once it got to that point. I was like, you know what? I'm tired of this little button thing. And Oh, but it came back, yeah. and, and, it, and it paid off. Like, one of, <laughs> like if you use a line, if you don't remember any line from that movie, eject those seat cuz is a line you're going to remember. Because <laughs> it's just, just the idea of just using that, because it's like, it's some James Bond stuff that's popular in a Fast and Furious movie. Like, using Nas, it's like an eject the seat <laughs> and like a muscle car. It's just hilarious. So yeah, they they got away the muscle cars and basically they are they know the two guys are gonna try to you know kill them or whatever. So this is where we get the whole ejecto seat and getting those two henchmen out the way. Um, they meet up with your boy. Uh, damn, why I keep forgetting his name. It's gonna make me mad now. Carter Carter Valone Carter Valone Verone Carter Carter Verone ah, mm-hmm. Carter Verone I'm about to remember that, but anyway they finally meet up with him and he's like on to everything, and basically uh he's got a uh, uh, Eva Mendez captive, and he's mm-hmm. basically saying you know put the money on the boat or whatever stuff like that. Yeah, they thought it was, they thought it was gonna be on a plane, and meanwhile they're on a the boat, so mm-hmm. it's kind of like you know well, and then it's kind of like I remember watching this. It's funny where I seen the end before. So I knew the ending was coming when I watched beginning the end, but I was kind of like the whole so okay, they on a he's on a boat, the boat's getting away. Are they gonna swim? Like how are they gonna get the, like at no point I ever thought they're gonna just drive a car into a boat. Yeah. And uh, before then, Tyrese actually goes back and they're asking, you know, where's O'Connor? And, you know, they got split up or whatever. And, you know, so basically this is Every you, you supposedly the, the tension is that Brian's about to get killed, but we knew that wasn't going to happen. So eventually, um, Roman comes up and helps him or whatever get out of this little sticky situation because he was about to get killed. And by this time, the boat is gone. It, it's like you're like, how are they going to get the car to the boat? And Roman is saying, "Are you going to do what I think you're going to do?" 
and he's down with it. But that's a ride or die friend right there because <laughs> over a woman, over a woman he don't even like. But I'm yeah. gonna do that because my because I'm gonna do that because my friend like her. So you know that's how we roll. And it's funny you see that scene. It's like John Singleton's not really known as an action director. And I mean, I know it's Fast and Furious, but it's like, okay, what are they going to do? They're not going to really do this. And they really drove a car onto a boat. And it looks believable, too. It, that's the whole thing. I'm like, wow, this still holds up. Like, I know it's insane. We know it's batshit crazy. But it's like, okay, me watching this 2019, this still holds up. Because I've seen all types of stuff by now that this is okay with me. Well, back then, it's kind of like, you know, they drove a car into a boat. She probably people probably thought this is the dumbest thing I've seen or this is the coolest thing I've seen. But it wasn't like, you know, in between. It was like one extreme or the other. So they drive on a boat and then shoot Carter like either the arm or the leg, arrest him. So they get their freedom back. He gets his, you know, gets his kiss from Ava Mendez. And then it's, you know, gives away, gives half of Carter Valone's money back to the customs. But having to keep some because, like I said, you know, pockets ain't empty. Because <laughs> now, now, the question is, do we ever see Carter Verone again? No, you don't, you don't think so. I mean, I well, I want to say never say never because it's like they brought people back, but it's kind of like he just seemed like small potatoes at this point. Because Braga and like the fourth one's like a way bigger version of Carter Verone, so and they brought him back for part six. I mean, yeah, you probably right. Of, He's it's smart. funny where, you've, you know, people have come back from that movie, but it's like, you know, you haven't seen Devin Aoki. You saw yeah. Eva Mendez make a cameo in part five. You haven't seen her since. You would think if anybody was going to come back, she would. Because, like, especially after they tied, they had that little teaser at the end of Fast Five. But I think it's kind of, it's funny. People don't really think about this movie, but it's like, you know, one, it showed that you could do a Fast and Furious movie without Vin Diesel. The movie made a lot of money for that time, made more than the first one. Um, two, you have both Tyrese and Ludacris to that, you know, to the Fast Universe. And it's part of the whole, like, if you saw, like, seeing this one and then seeing Fast Five was so weird. Because, okay, Tyrese being a joker, man, like, cracking jokes. You can see that because he cracked jokes in the second one. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, I'm playing a background song. Somehow, Ludacris went from I'm just you know organizing car races, a local like mechanic who organized races. Yes, and now I'm a super hacker. <laughs> and they just you know, and they asked me like you know I had a life before you. Let's leave it at that. When people ask like how, because people ask, they come, they ask a couple times how you know all this. Like he's breaking down these locks and these vaults, breaking down security systems, and you and I'm watching this. I'm like. Where did this come from? And, and you know what? I think that answer, I had a life before you. I think it's a wink and a nod to everybody saying, we don't even fucking know. So we're not going to give y'all the answer. Yeah. Like, do we, like it happened off panel. That's that's what happened. So <laughs> it's just funny seeing that. So it's like it's a lot of good things came from this movie. Um, it was definitely hold, it definitely holds up. It's kind of ones that's like, you know. For, like this one and the fourth one kind of forgotten about in the Fast and Furious like franchises because it's like you know one is the original Tokyo Drift is probably the most divisive and then everyone from like five on it's like you know made a lot of money the second one like people remember the name Too Fast Too Furious and they remember the boat scene 
but it's like I doubt they remember like the movie and like talking it with you and rewatching it. The main things that stood out was like how comfortable Paul Walker was without Vin Diesel, how much chemistry Paul Walker and Tyrese had, and less like how how much of like two thousand three time capsule movie this is. Most definitely. And so our next installment will be Chapter 3, Tokyo Drift, baby. I'm excited. I know Shahid is too. <laughs> Jeff, is ex- Jeff is excited. I am, I am not excited about this one at all. I'm going re- to watch. I think I've watched them enough where I remember what's going on with all of them. Like I haven't had, I didn't have to rewatch this one because I remember the movie. I might rewatch Tokyo Drift. Oh, I probably won't. Enjoy, I probably won't enjoy rewatching it when I do. But yeah. it's it's so important. How that movie is so important now to the whole mythos of uh... yeah. <laughs> like it's funny for a movie that's so like derided and like looked upon like the bicycle. Fast and Furious probably wouldn't be where it was if it wasn't for Tokyo Drift. And that's just a weird thing. It's like I guess you got to crawl before you run. Well, most definitely, but, but it, it's going to be. I think this is what's going to be the most interesting one because, like I said, I have a love hate relationship with it. It's the things I love, things I hate. I got a feeling Shahid is really going to hate me <laughs> once we do the next uh, podcast. Look at my ride. <laughs> I'm in my ride. What's drifting? What's, what's that? Drift? Is that like a, a sandwich? Oh, man. But if you want to reach me on social media, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeff versus the world. You can also follow me on Facebook at Jeff versus the world. And uh, I don't know if y'all have earned Shahid's Twitter. So I'll let him decide this week. So my Twitter name is Philly Drugs because I'm from Philly and I sell drugs. And he's also a bully. On that yes. note. <laughs> a, so, a social media bully uh, with that note we are signing out peace <laughs>